This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. to What the Hops. It is 2020. Finally made it to uh, the uh, the year where shit's supposed to go down, I guess. I don't know. Like, it was funny. When I, when I was going to UB, like, there was, like, uh, there was always the UB 2020 thing. And I'm, like, thinking, I'm, like, dude, that's so far away. It's never going to fucking happen. And, yeah, we fucking made it. I guess. So I guess UB is supposed to be this super sweet school now, so we'll have to check in on that. Did the hockey news predict the Sabres are going to win the Cup in 2020? I don't know. What year did they predict that? Like six years ago. Four well. years ago. It was when our farm <laughs> system was sweet before they uh, you know, traded a bunch for O'Reilly and all that shit. You'll have to look at which uh, which writer said that and then fucking Wait. tweet at him. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to because I stopped reading the hockey news based off of their Canadian bias for every stupid thing. Yeah, well, that's just that's just hockey media in general, man. I mean, you got the World Juniors going on right now. Done. And Canada won today. I was going to say, I, I, I knew that today was the, the finals and stuff, so Canada played Russia, right, finals? Yep. Yeah. So you're going to have everybody jerking off the Canadian prospects for the next year and a half. I mean, more so with that, with the prospects and stuff, you, you get these kids that, like, do well and are, like, awesome in juniors, and they get to the NHL, and they're like, why can't they do anything? Why aren't they good? And it's not just the Canadian, like, the way the Canadians are with it, but, like, I think Biz said it or something like that. He's like, there's, like, special types of assholes that come out during World Juniors. Like, they're the first ones that, like, want to scream at them, but these are the same people that will tell you, like, they're just kids. But, like, you know... The amount of like scrutiny that they put this this team, Canada, the country as a whole, under with it. Well, I mean, it's even with a lot of these uh, Swedish junior teams, though, too. Like over the past couple years, man, they've been like pretty killer. And I don't know, like, are these kids really starting to translate to the NHL game, though? The Swedes, yes. You know, like I mean, Dude, the Swedes are just becoming like one of those. The, just the country in general, even fin, Finland's got a lot too now. Yeah, but I mean, they've been doing on the athletic, um, projecting the next like national teams. Is it World Cup or is it gonna be um, you know Olympics? You know, I mean, just from Buffalo's perspective alone. They had Ristolainen. I mean, half our team's fucking Sweden. Well, they had Ristolainen and Yokohari, like, on Finland. Sweden. You have Allmark, Olofsson, Dahlin. Like, so you're you're going to get these European players. I mean, you have a bunch of other ones coming still, too. I mean, you still have, like, six or seven other fucking Swedish prospects that are just, like, chilling. It's funny because you always used to look at Russia as that... European powerhouse and it was like a 50-50 you can trust the Russians you can't and now at this point like I I feel like Sweden has overcome Russia in like European prospects for the most part yeah until you get a guy like you know like the Granlins yeah like Marcus Granlin goes off and does like some wild shit for like you know, two weeks every year, and then Michael just got waived the other day, or McCall, or whatever the hell he is. Yeah. But he got waived the other day from um, Vancouver. But it's just funny that like you have all these teams and all these like prospects now, and it's like it's not just Canada, USA with this stuff, and people still shit on USA like, oh, it's not a hockey powerhouse, but like, yeah, it is. I don't know, man. You have dudes like Patrick Kane, fucking Buffalo boy, who is basically what? Probably at this point, the best uh, American American hockey player that's, you know, played the fucking game, man. Which is, it's it's crazy to think about. He's up there with the Madonos, the Halls, 
Um, yeah, but see, again, like, I know Hall, like, Hall, Brett Hall's like, yeah, he's American and played for the American team and stuff, but he's Canadian too, though. He's just dual citizenship. There's, yeah, so it's like, I, yeah. you know what, I, I, I don't count him in it. I don't. Uh, I still would. I no. I don't. I don't. I don't take it. I don't take it. You just hate him too. I mean, I'm not a big. I don't, dude. I love him on Twitter, dude. He fucking trolls fucking Buffalo so hard. It's fucking great. <laughs> he's just. A, he's a drunk asshole too. You can't get mad at him for that. Uh, speaking of drunk assholes, we're uh, we're drinking a beer from what it says on the can. America's first all Imperial Brewing Company, which is Greater Good Imperial Brewing Co. out of Worcester, Massachusetts. We are drinking the Worcester or Worcester? Worcester. Isn't that pronounced Worcester? Uh, well, I'm not fucking Boston. I'm not from fucking Boston, bro. I think it's Worcester. Whatever it is, you know. Fight me. This is uh They will. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ivana. It is a 10% Imperial Stout. 112919 is the stamp on the bottom of the can. This beer isn't bad. It's so what? Just over a month old. Give it anything about how long to age it on there or anything? It's pretty smooth for an Imperial. No, it doesn't really have any information. Oh, it's the fifth edition of our Passport series. A smooth, all-season Imperial Stout inspired by a Western gift to the Tsar. So I guess it's probably brewed uh, as like a Russian Imperial. Yeah. Oh. Which, I can see that. All-season, I'm not drinking this in the summer. It's pretty smooth. But it's smooth, but like when you swallow it, the you thick, get yeah, that. the thickness, man. That's that. That isn't definitely not. A, it like hits your mouth thin, and then like as you swallow, it's thick. Like you can have some thick beers in the summertime, but this isn't one of them. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I just think like my pores like sweating out like a dark chocolate looking beer. You look like fucking a maple fucking shooting yeah, like fucking a, sap, dude. Yeah, like a fucking tree just dripping. <laughs> Turn on the spigot. <laughs> Speaking of um, Imperial Stouts, Buffalo uh, had, I mean, so from the last time, I mean, we've, we haven't recorded and how we haven't released Before an episode. Christmas. We haven't released an episode in like a month or so. So, you know, thank you for sticking with us. Even from last time we recorded, I mean, how we recorded before Thanksgiving, I think was the last time we actually recorded, man. Really that long? Yeah, I mean, I see you every week. Well, that minus the week I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, it's just been so fucking crazy, man. This this holiday season kicked my ass. But in cans right now, Thin Man has uh, Awesome Jenkins out in stores, which is an imperial stout from them locally, and it's one of the better ones that you could probably get. Like locally, you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you count Mortalis as local? I try not to because technically it's Rochester and I mean it's, it's local. Western New York. It's local enough for us, but I try to when when I say when I want to say local, I want to say Buffalo region, you know? This way as listeners, you guys can figure it's like, well, it's under an hour away, you know? Yeah. Like, if you really wanted to, you could say, I mean, because, what, Southern Tier is roughly under an hour, I would say. Yeah, I'd say about an hour. Yeah. Like, Mortalis is... And that was always our brewery, in a way, you know? Yeah, Mortalis is roughly about the same distance, maybe a little further. So, like, that's kind of the border, I guess I would go. That's the furthest I would really say. Um, But Thin Man... Thin Man's definitely been kind of stepping their game up a little bit. I mean... Do you think it's because of the second location opening? A little bit. Um, it's also bringing on dudes like uh, Drew Harden and Todd Everwine as brewers. And kind of just really, I mean, throwing them with Rudy as well. Like, you have these guys that know their way around a fucking beer. And, you know, they're just pushing out stuff that they can. I mean... Awesome Jenkins, it's decent Imperial. They also released in cans their peanut butter Jenkins, which is the peanut butter variant of it, 
which is honestly one of the best. It's one of the better local ones you've had. Yeah, it's one of the best peanut butter beers that I've had locally, and maybe even, you know, really ever. To be honest with you, like you could find that on tap around town right now, and you know, fucking get it. It's crazy how like 10, 15 years ago we talked about beers like that and now they're so much more accessible. Like we took like this crazy shit we wanted in beers and and now that these are like the normal. Still haven't found a great pistachio beer. I think you're getting closer to it though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 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 a bunch of them out there now too, so I think the closest I had was one from Barreled Souls, maybe. That was pretty decent. Mm. Uh, Greg ended up getting a bottle of it, and we had it one night, and it was about a year ago and stuff. And it it was pretty decent, but I don't know. For me personally, I want like pistachio is f- such a weird flavor that like it doesn't like overpower things that like you really can't. But like, how do you do that? Do you make that into a stout? Do you make that in like a dessert kind of style beer? Do you do it? Like, and, and that's what it was. Like, like, like it was kind of IPA. It was like a pastry stout that like was a pistachio like had pistachio as like one of the main ingredients and I mean you trying to like replicate the ice cream flavor of it or are you trying to like I think that's probably your best bet to do though you know yeah like if you're trying to figure it out because how else are you really going to get that pistachio flavor to really be in the forefront you know it is tough I mean peanuts and hazelnut and even like almonds and stuff like they're going to be that you know that star of like a like a nut flavor beer. Yeah. And walnuts in a sense, I guess, too. But walnuts are a little more subtle, I feel. They kind of blend it's in like a little a bit. It's like a softer nut. It sounds weird like saying <laughs> it. But you know what I mean? I, I mean, think, but not just the texture of it, but like just in general, it doesn't have that like... I think it was Smutty Nose that did like a chestnut porter or something that we had once that I bought from like Premier that was kind of weird because you know chestnut's one of those flavors that you don't really fucking I don't know have I ever fucking ate a chestnut no well you can't just eat a random chestnut off the street because those aren't like actually edible like you have to have certain chestnuts that's the thing what the fuck man yeah dude it's fucking weird Stupid! Don't go around making these nuts and talk, naming all this shit that like falls out of trees and then go, nope, you can't eat it. Yeah, motherfuckers eating dandelions like it's nothing, but you go eat the one in your lawn, it's gonna taste like chemicals. <laughs> can't just go eating weeds, bro. <laughs> or can you? <laughs> hey, urban foraging, dude. You know, dude, you never know, man. Once fucking the bombs start dropping, we might have to start going back to that. Start eating fucking chestnuts that we can't fucking eat. (laughs) Get get my greens on. It's all right. I'll just be fucking lit. That's another reason why I like mustard better than ketchup. Fucking, I can go. I can go walk in a backyard somewhere and find some fucking mustard growing. Can't find fucking ketchup. Just call it tomato, dude. (laughs) I'm not eating it, but still. (laughs) Yeah, no. A lot of fucking breweries actually released a bunch of cans since. uh, since we last talked to you guys fucking green flyer from west shore got canned josh went out to pressure drop and uh brewed a batch there and canned a bigger batch because i mean if you've been to west shore you know he's not you know he's not able to make enough there to be able to can to be able to throw into stores and stuff and carl was good enough to lend him a tank and got that shit out into some cans and boom man like the reception for Green Flyer, I don't know. Like, I haven't looked at uh, Untapped in a while for it. Yeah, I thought that was delicious. At 434 check-ins, it's sitting at 3.77. Isn't exactly the highest thing that everybody looks for, but I think that's pretty good for a beer that's... It's a buff for a Buffalo beer because you get too many people that want to just hype on three breweries and shit on everything else. He's all, It's also a beer that he's been brewing for a long time that... Like so, if I'm going right now, the last couple of uh, check-ins, uh, you have four point two five, four zero, three five, four two five, four two five, four, three seven five, three seven five, three seven five. You know, so it's four seven five. This canned version has definitely been turning some heads and getting Josh some uh, some recognition, and he's got some things going on too, which. 
is exciting. You know, because... He so well-deserved praise, though. Yeah. He's getting more tanks in there. He's going to start uh, making some loggers because, you know, once you got more room, that's what you got to start doing, you know? And especially brewing, like, Pilsners and loggers are not the easiest beers to brew. But you want to do it right, though. You know, Absolutely. you don't want to... You don't want to half-ass it. And I'm glad that a lot of the brewers in this city realize that. Buffalo Brewing Company started canning. John got his own canning line over the summer and was canning his oak cream and New England IPAs and uh, finally got the approval for the labels for the 12-ounce cans. Now you can walk into Buffalo Brewing Company and buy a six-pack of their 1910 Czech Pilsner the 1842 Vienna Lager or the 1833 Munich Dunkel or you can buy a mixed six with two of each the 12 bucks for a six pack which for you know craft craft lagers really isn't that bad um and for me personally obviously we've been hyping this up since the beginning of this podcast but this Czech Pilsner is probably the best Pilsner that's brewed in the city yep so unless you're kind of like Labatt, you don't get a lot of pilsners, and we've talked about this before. You don't get a lot of like pilsner lagers in the area that are worth it. You get like one people be like, "Oh, I made a black lager or something," or take their hand at it, but they're never they're never as good to me. This just makes me think of like Dingus Day though too. Well, that's not true lately though. You're getting more people attempting them. Well, so CBW does lick the Let's Go Pills. Which is actually about a year old, right? Two years old. Yeah, which actually is kind of there. They kind of did the. Uh, they took the Iroquois recipe, the recipe they did for Iroquois. Yeah, and kind of tweaked it a bit, and that's what Let's Go Pills is. Don't they still have the Iroquois? No, they lost the brand. They're, for them? they're not doing it anymore. They decided not to do it. Too much backlash. They just decided to kind of walk away from it. It's unfortunate. They, uh, but they have the Let's Go Pills, which money from that, any kind of cans that they sell for that actually gets donated to Andre Reed, the Andre Reed Foundation. So, oh, so you mean one of the Lee's asshole, like former Bills? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not Daryl Talley looking for fucking handouts and trying to fucking get some money. So, Daryl Talley was the truth. Yeah, but dude, dude spent all his money and then all of a sudden he was like, I'm broke, I don't know what to do. Dude, all right, all right. We got to talk. I got to. I want to. Since we're on this whole making money with the bills and shit like that, dude, I want to talk about this fucking Mark Miller fucking asshole. I want to get in on this. I, I, I got to. I got to get this off my fucking chest. So, Resurgence released a beer the week of Thanksgiving called Dallas is Going Down. And if you've, you're a Bills fan and you're on the internet, you've seen the whole video of the guy yelling. It was like on NBC or CNN or something, right? The Dallas went down, Gary. Yeah. And the guy was just like yelling at the fucking reporter being like, Gary, Dallas is going, or Dallas is going down, Gary. Rah, rah, rah. You know, like fucking getting all wild and crazy. Right. So everybody thought the dude was dead. Turns out the dude isn't dead. Dude lives in Alden, owns a fucking blind cleaning company, right? So this year, before the fucking Dallas Thanksgiving game that the Bills played, this guy comes out of fucking hiding and it's like, yeah, that's me. Comes out, gets on Twitter. Everybody's all like super fucking hyped. Goes and uh, the second night of the Every Time I Die show fucking announces Every Time I Die before they come out. Who has no idea who they are. Yeah, like, but they're all, like, super pumped because, you know, let's go Bills, everything else, you know? Fast forward to, like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, dude starts fucking tweeting at the Bills being like, yeah, you guys owe me some money for using my likeness to, on the screens, as people are walking into the, and went to the arena, or into the stadium. And all of a sudden, dude, last week... This dude's on fucking Cameo. Like, do you know what Cameo is? Yep. Yeah. This One of dude, my buddies at work got fucking Will Ferrell. Uh, his, his, his like, message, his friend group. The buddies deployed overseas. They got Will Ferrell to do a Frank the Tank. I'm like, how much does this fucking thing cost? He goes, dude, it was 10 bucks for a fucking Ferrell to do for 10. I'm like, he's, he's just doing it for to have a laugh. 
Dude, Mark Miller, some random fucking... Alden dude. Alden dude is fucking charging $50 on Cameo for people to fucking pay him to fucking yell fucking shit in a fucking webcam. I'm surprised he even figured out how to turn a webcam on. Like, dude, you are fucking nothing, man. That's like me asking people fucking money for me for me to yell on a fucking webcam being like, hey, happy birthday. Fuck you. You know? If someone wants to pay me 50 bucks to do that, dude, I'll do You know what? You don't even have to pay. Pay me $2. I'll do that for 50 you. 50 bucks, you'll show up at their house and tell them that. That's what I mean. Like, dude, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, honestly, I hope this guy fucking disappears after this year. Like, I don't want to hear this dude's name ever again. Plus, this is also the third fucking Mark Miller that I know in this fucking city alone. Yeah, they're not doing too hot. <laughs> like, one is actually a really good photographer that, you know, used to go to hardcore shows. Two is fucking Mad Dog. So, if you know who Mad Dog is, you know how that's going. What and a then... fucking crazy scene for that thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mark Miller. Oh, which one? Yeah, especially out in that area. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, no, other Mark Miller. What, you mean the guy licking blinds clean? Yo, how fucked up would it be if fucking Mad Dog was that dude's son? <laughs> Insane. But, yeah, that's, that's that's my rant on fucking Mark Miller. But, yeah, no, we're drinking the 1910 Czech Pilsner. This was probably canned. John doesn't put the dates on a can. This was, I'm going to assume a canned probably about a month or so ago. I feel like we've probably had this on the podcast before. He does put on here, so he does put what it is. So 1910 commemorates the year the original New York location of Buffalo Brewing Company opened on 1571 Clinton Street. It has Pilsner Vienna and Cara Pils malts. Hops, it has German Magnum and Czech Saz. Light gold in color with a moderate malt body, spicy floral bitterness achieved through generous amounts of Czech Saz hops. Does he want to use copious, just like the fucking asshole Tim Cook? <laughs> I know he might get sued. 33 IBU, 5.5 ABV. So that's really kind of what you want your pilsners to be. Um, I did send a crawler of this down to Texas for our friends and three beers in to have. Yeah. They did have it on an episode and they all enjoyed it. So, yeah. This is going to say fucking beat beers. <laughs> no, man, that's Black Project, bro. No, it's but not. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Jester King were to brew a beat beer. I do have a bottle of Jester King still. We did actually drink their uh, their homebrew of the Three Beers End guys. We drank their. Is that last week or is that Christmas? Was last week Christmas? No. Did we drink then? We might no. Yeah, we did drink it on Christmas. Yeah, so it was two weeks ago then. Okay. Yeah, we drank their barrel aged wee heavy homebrew. Yeah, Resurgence released that. Um, the beer was actually really good. Yeah, yeah. We did have a can of that. Um, Resurgence has been killing it with their There's, IPAs. Their IPAs are starting to have like – I say starting to, but I feel like it's this like you drink their beer, you know it's a Resurgence. You can almost blind test like what's a Resurgence beer now. And like their beers have we developed a profile that's similar to like – I don't get torched for saying it, but like how other half is like other half IPA has another half IPA taste. Yeah, no, you're you're completely right though, and that but that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean it, it's developing their their style because it, it sets them out, it sets them, it sets them off differently. Where it's like you know what you're going to get going there. Southern Tier was that years ago, and yeah. I don't I don't know if that the whole market's shifted away from this, you know. The dank, not even a dankness, but like the piney, um, like West Coast style to, you know, the New England style, which seems to be the biggest craze and everything. Just everyone wants to say juice or, you know, hazy and just try to utilize that marketing scheme because 
a lot of times you walk into places, and I, I, I know I prefer them more than you, Brian, but like a New England IPA or Juicy IPA, and you buy so many of them that actually suck. But you buy them based off of, hey, this is a New England. And you're hoping it's going to be something... Well, yeah, and that's that's just it. Like, when people go shopping up here now, it's like, okay, give me a New England. And there's so many in the market. Like, just because, you know, we, we benefit from New York City. Just alone, I mean, how we got one sitting on the fucking table right now that from KCBC that you don't normally get. But we're able to get these things. You know, even if like they're they're low distro, like we still manage to find them in some of our bottle shops out here, which is awesome. But the market gets a little saturated on that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it gives everybody a variety. But then you also have to watch out, too, though. It makes it harder to find a good one. Yeah, because then the the, the problem is, too, like a lot of the local stuff kind of sits sometimes because people are like oh yeah it'll be there but this kcbc oh wait there's only three cases in the city right now i gotta get this you know um i mean it's why i always check dates every time i'm in premiere yeah as we're as we're approaching flagship february again um which that'll maybe be an episode come february that we'll maybe we'll do another one I, I had a good time doing that one last year. Yeah. <laughs> As you're approaching that, always check the dates on your beers wherever you are. Like, you can go to a gas station and whatever. And, like, granted, if you're just buying it to get drunk, then whatever. Just get it. But don't base how you're drink- how that beer tastes on your experience there because you, you're, 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 playing with, you're playing with fire sometimes. Well, I've actually... I had it happen twice in a month. I got bad beers from Sloop. Because they're old? Um, different beers. One was a, which also has been sitting outside of it two ways, just to crack the cans and dump it. It was a Sloop uh, juice bomb and then a, a Pixie Dust. And I had bought, I think I bought like four or five different four packs of the Pixie Dust. So you knew what it tasted I like. I knew what it tasted yeah. like. And I was drinking I'm like, something doesn't taste like. I'm like, was it the sushi that like messed up my palate? Was it like another beer that messed it up? And then I tried it again. And like, no, it was bad. And I tried to take them back in the uh, consumers. And they're like, now nope, you got to contact the brew. I'm like, you can't do anything about this shit. And they were just guy was kind of an asshole about it. Yeah, consumers is pretty rough with that. So that, that's a lot of why I kind of stopped going there for the most part. Unless I'm, like, I'm going to buy something that I know is going to last. It's funny too, like so like with six point, um they changed the cans on their all their year round beers. Yeah. So now they're all like matted in the color and stuff. Uh I was at ABW today and Sweet Action was still the silver can. So I'm like looking at them like, dude, this beer is at least four months old sitting on this shelf right now. Knowing that, <laughs> that's saying. that's, and like okay, a sweet action can be that old, but like the thing, the good thing about Six Point, and what a lot of other breweries are doing, are saying drink this beer before this date. So if you have a Best Buy date instead of a hand on, yeah, like that's almost better in a sense, like Maine, yeah. Like, because then people know, like, if you're picking up that beer, like, you know that it's going to be like, okay, this is, this is, I got a month to drink this, or this is past it, you know? Which for you, that's better, because when you're doing that, you're saving beers, you're not drinking them right away. For me, I'm buying a four-pack between two people, or two four-packs between two people. Yeah, I think you made the comment when we had the Dallas is going down beer what's a buffalo ipa yeah i think because buffalo ipa is basically just a new england ipa right but i think if you're it's our buffalo complex i think if you're gonna do say anything as a buffalo ipa it's either something that resurgence been doing or hay burner and if you're gonna brew something in the style of those two that's what I'm considering a Buffalo IPA. And Resurgence has been kind of establishing themselves 
as that front runner. Of I, I'd say so. Brewing that kind of thing, like because Hayburner's Hayburner, you're not gonna fuck with it. Like that's. But no, we're drinking a uh, Mister Brown from Tool or Tool or however you want to pronounce it. It is a uh, double Bach beer with figs, dates, cacao, and coffee. Um, it is nine percent ABV. I think I might let it warm up a little bit more. But they brought this to the Shelton Brothers Festival, and honestly, it was, you know, we knew what to expect from them. Because, I mean, we've had their beer on this podcast before, but it it, it just just exceeded expectations, you know. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those. I looked at the guy and I told him, fuck you. (laughs) He's like... Point at me, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is incredible. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Carol. And we're the hosts of Retro Late Fee. We are stuck in 1994. And we can't get out. <laughs> we're watching all the movies and TV shows that you probably remember, I guess. Somehow we're speaking to you through some kind of time portal. Right. Uh, join us every week for great movies and TV shows from 25 years ago. <laughs> it's fun, I swear. Going back at a couple of things that have been released over the past couple of months, uh, going back to Thin Man, too. They released a collaboration with um, Bellwoods out of Toronto uh, called Twilight Sparkle, which was a fruited sour, which was okay. It's not the best. I mean, they've fine-tuned Minky Boodle to the point where that's what they're going to be releasing. Um, that was the one with, what was it, a black current and what else? The Twilight Not, Sparkle? Or yeah. The, I think it was black current. I'm, I think I just drank one the other day. Because we had that. I, I prefer Minky Boodle. Oh, it's a boysenberry sour dry hopped with That's Galaxy a, and Citra. Oh, she she asked me, she's like, oh, what's boysenberry? I'm like, oh, blintzes. <laughs> <laughs> she had no idea what that was. But yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a decent beer. Um, I didn't need any cans of it, though. I've actually grown on it's funny, like Glowworm, I think might be my favorite Thin Man Sour. Which one was Glowworm? Glowworm is the Boysenberry Guava one. Okay. Boysenberry Guava Goza. The best guava one I had was that uh, Collective Arts. Yeah. I got to get out there. Fucking Hamilton. Like looking at all these fruited sours and everything that have been coming out, and that's been the trend for the past what, like three, four years now, really, kind of gearing up. I want to yeah. say, like the beer, the beer scene's been going fruited. Like you're you're doing your sour base or your IPA base, and then you're just fruiting the shit out of it. Yeah, and it's really become a thing over the past. Probably three to five. I'd say three. Uh, Yeah, I'd say more so the last three. Yeah. Like it probably started about five, six years ago, and then like the past couple of years it just really fucking amped up. Yeah. And you have breweries like 450 North that have made a fucking killing off of these beers. Um and if you're in the beer scene, you know kind of what I'm getting at where they had it come out last month where someone sent one of their beers to the lab. They sent the uh, slushy slushy XL Elephant Ears, uh, Berliner Weiss flavor with raspberry, blackberry, graham, crack, graham cracker, cinnamon, vanilla to the lab, which on the can, it states it's 8%. Well, they got the results back, and the ABV was 2.56. So, which makes you think, though, all these times that we drink these beers and we go, it doesn't taste like that, that heavy. <laughs> well, the Thin Man doesn't can Minky Boodle until the fruit's fermented. So this way, they know explode. that... 
they know it's not going to explode. And that's the big thing. Like 450 North's gotten in trouble because cans have exploded on people before. Because you're throwing just fucking fresh fruit into these things, which, you know what? That's fine. There's nothing, like, do your thing. But, I mean, look at fucking, uh, what's it called? Um, the answer. Yeah, like, I mean, the answer doesn't can them to sell them. Like, they sell their crawlers, and that's it. And they go on their way. Like, 450 North is literally fucking just selling cases on cases of these things. And how many of these have they sent out that were just fucking, you know, what if, what if, what if some of these were like, you know, one and a half percent and you're selling these four packs for like fucking 20 bucks a fucking pop, man. If not more. Yeah. Like, it's just like, dude, we have locally, we have froth that is jumped on that trend. Right. And as of recording this podcast today, we've seen, um, People, they just released one this morning. Um, it was the first one that they released was a passion in cans was passion fruit, pineapple, peach, orange, and gua- pink guava. This new one was strawberry, pineapple, papaya. Oh, and they canned blackberry, boysenberry, pineapple. So you're you're brewing this seven eight percent beer. Then throwing fresh fruit in it, canning it, and then just telling people, oh, make sure to keep it cold. It's almost like you don't know what you're doing. Like, that's what it looks like. Like, give me, like, if you're doing this too, like, I don't know, like, if I'm a brewery, I feel like maybe you want to put this base, base sour, like, on tap so people can see how it is without the fruit in it, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, everybody knows that we're Mortalis supporters. And they just started canning their Hydras, which is basically the same kind of thing. And they're not having these kind of issues and stuff with this. And it's the same exact price. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's a very tough situation for breweries where it's like if you're gonna go this route you're if you're gonna keep shooting yourself in the foot man like you better figure out what the fuck you're doing because you know you might have a ton of supporters but that everyday joe schmo that's buying the beer he's not gonna spend 25 dollars on your fucking beer man i ain't spending 25 bucks on a fucking four pack that's for sure if it's Mortalis, like, I yeah. know the quality. I'm probably going to spend that. But that's the thing. Like, you know with Mortalis, you haven't had a beer from them that's bad. We haven't had a lot of openings and new breweries really popping up. They're building something off the 190. Well, like this... Over pa- by, like, where the old Mahoney was. And I don't know what it is. I watched them move tanks in about a year ago. That's off for a house. Is that where it is? There's nothing there yet. It's on uh, Scott Street. No. No. The, um, Scott's... Which one's Scott? Scott's behind the arena. Scott's the one that's just over the bridge. Like, if you're coming off the 190 and going over Michigan to go to the... Where they put the new light in over there. Yeah, that's right there? Yeah. That's Hofbrau or whatever it is? Yeah, that's Hofbrau House. Is it open yet? No. Yeah, okay, that's the one I'm talking So I've been watching them build this for like a year. Oh, they've been building it for like fucking four years, bro. Well, I remember I I was there and I tried to like... Because I used to park back in there and like that's where my, my city of Buffalo parking knowledge would come into play. And I'd always park there for shit and never pay. And I... Uh, I went to go back there, but then you can't get through anymore. And I seen a guy driving a forklift with a fucking fermenter on it. I'm like, well, something's going in here, obviously. At some point in the next six months, I feel like that thing's going to finally open. They've been talking about opening it for a good three years now. And what's their thing going to be? It's all German-style beers. Good fucking luck to you. Well, I mean, it's a... It's a it's a chain restaurant, but 
um, Scott Schuler from 12 Gates is the head brewer that they hired for it. So, and Scott, and Scott knows his way around German style stuff. And the way Hofbrau kind of works is you, it's it, like they give you the recipes and you got to kind of follow that. And I think you get like one or two taps where you can kind of play around with stuff. Kind of like, what's it called? Um, Gordon Beers. Yeah. Yeah. In a city like us, like, I mean, I love living here. I love everything about Buffalo, but we're jaded assholes. And we're just very, we're very much like the please like my city, please like our stuff. We get very much like that. I hope that doesn't fail, but I wonder how a place like this is going to it'll up. It'll do enough business. Oh, you'll get enough visit cause business. I mean, you get... The location alone yeah. is going to make sure that it's going to be it's going to be stable. You get enough Canadians down here, and Hoff. If you've ever been to a Hofbrau house, like it's it's a good it's a fun time. The one thing about places like that is you can't go in there expecting the world, you know. And if you're going to be like, well, it's a chain, whatever, screw it, then just fucking go to fucking Resurgence on Chicago. Drive fucking go to the bad house then. Go fucking two more minutes to fucking Buffalo Brewing Company or Beltline, you know, like literally, it's right there. Or hydraulic earth if you want to head that way. Yeah, like you got all these places. You don't. Have, no one's telling you you have to go there. Just don't go there. This tasted different than the other one that we had. A little bit. I'm wondering if this is like last year's and not this year's. Yeah. You know. It was sweeter. We're going to finish the night off on a Basket of Beast IPA. It is uh, brewed by Casey BC out of Brooklyn in collaboration with Basquiland Brewing, wherever they're from. Sounds like Maine. <laughs> probably made that shit up, but I wouldn't be surprised. It is a double dry hopped IPA. Sitting at 6.9%. Uh, has Mosaic, Idaho 7, and Cashmere. Um, canned on 11.26.19. There's some citrus in that. That's probably that Mosaic fucking punching in a little bit. Did you know I love Mosaic? Oh, they're from Spain. As we're uh, starting off the new year... Where do you think beer's going to go? Do you think we're still going to stay on the same trend of New England's and fruited fruited sours and yep. pastry stouts? Yep. Coconut stouts and New England's and... You don't think it's going to change? Not anytime. Not necessarily yet. I want to see... Get into some fucking meat beers, man. Like, let's get some fucking pot roast beers. And I don't eat pot roast. You know that. But, like... You know that's not going to get popular. I mean, like, that's shit for us. I mean, you're talking about smoked beers is what you're talking about. I've been talking about smoked beers for 15 years. It's not going to happen, man. Dude, so... I still want to have a really good cinnamon beer. I had, uh, the other night, I actually had something I was really impressed by. Well, I don't know if impressed is the word, but, like, I was surprised by the fact I had a New Belgium Nitro Cold Brew Cream Ale. Oh, dude, I wanted to buy that. I didn't fucking buy it. Dude, it's basically just a brown ale. Is it not worth it? No, it's awesome. Fuck. But there might be ca- there might be caffeine in that shit, dude. Good, let's like, go. Like I bought a six pack of that, drank four of them, dude, and I was fucking rolling, man. I bought the Dragon Milk White IP or White Stout instead of that, and I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. At it. No, I I would definitely recommend it. Fuck. <laughs> like, my, my basement fridge is just like starting to get like it's starting to get the dark season down there. Yeah, because I got. There's some porters down there. Um, I didn't mention it. I want to mention it earlier. I forgot about it. It's also not nitro. It's just, I think it's nitro cold brew that they put in yeah. there. So, like, because I thought I bought it and I'm like, yeah, oh, is this going to be one of these nitro cans? No, it yeah. wasn't that. It's not that at all. Unless they, like, canned it with it in there and that's where it's subtle versus, yeah, no, like, it just It, the, it wasn't theme. that, like, you can just sit there and drink that out of the can or whatever else. Like, it's, it's fine. But... Don't. That thing's literally a fucking brown ale. That's saying it's a cream ale. 
Good. I don't give a shit. No, I was I, fucking pumped. I um, I finally brought the black chocolate st- or double chocolate stout, black chocolate stout. Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's still, dude. We were talking about stouts earlier. That still is one of the best stouts there is. It's been brewed for like twenty five years, man. Like that beer. You can't. You can't fuck with that, man. We've, no. We we've talked about this before too. This, I mean, it's still like, what's the best pale ale ever made? It's still Sierra Nevada's pale ale. Yep. Like it offers, like a day like this. It's cold outside. The snow's blowing and shit. Ten percent alcohol. Boom. Oh, this is a perfect Brooklyn Black Rockets stout. I'm pissed off about that fucking dragon's milk. Dragon smoke isn't bad though. Um, it it was not like as soon as I bought it, I was thinking that it's not as good as people make it out to be. The um the white stout that Resurgence did a collab with. Oh, you got the two stubbers ago. You got the white the dragon smoke white one. The white one, yeah. At the left hand nitro fest, they had the regular and the white both on nitro. And the regular is still better than the white. The white was not anything special. Yeah. That The only difference is I could get my dad to take a sip of it because it didn't look like a black beer. <laughs> um, speaking of white stouts, actually, Resurgence does have a, uh, they just did a white too. stout on, on tap right now at the, um, at the Chicago. Chicago location. They got crawlers of it? I don't think they have crawlers there yet. What a mess. They might, actually. I don't know. I feel like maybe I saw someone get a crawler, but... I could just be thinking of sitting at Niagara. I don't know. You'd have to check into that first. Yeah. Love white stouts. It's not a bad one. It was... uh, The recipe was from... The uh, the homebrew thing that they did back over the summer. Was it the Dude Hates Cancer one? Yeah. Um, and the recipe was actually from Scott from Buffalo Beer League. It was his recipe. So. But it's not a bad beer. It uh, It's kind of like a white coffee stout. That's how they... That's how you got to get the flavor of the roastiness to it. Yeah. Because you're just steeping coffee grains to get the roast versus, uh, um, you know, because you don't want to add the, the roastiness that you get from like a black malt because the black malt is like a couple ounces into like a beer. It's just going to fucking darken the shit out of it. Yeah. Which is something else I, I need to start doing again, too, is I want to start brewing again. I've just been, you know, it's hockey season. It's yeah. We got to. We gotta pick his time, like once hockey's over, to brew some beer. We need to do it before that. <laughs> this is my like prime time brewing months right now. Let's fucking go, bro. But yeah, I, I'd like to see white stouts become more of a trend. I'd welcome that with open arms. It hasn't happened. I think maybe with the whole pastry thing, like, dude, white pastry stouts, dude. Like, why not? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, resur- or not Resurgence, uh, Mortalis has been doing it. But, like, I don't know, why don't, why don't we see, like, Finback or Other Half or, you know, I don't even think Wakefield does white stouts. You know, like, why don't we see some of these big boys? Why, why doesn't uh, Monkish or, you know, Electric or something like that? I think the beer scene in general is kind of probably going to stay status quo, though. I think you're right on that. Like, these pastry stouts and hazy IPAs and fruited beers and IPAs aren't really going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's bringing people in. But it's also allowing people that don't know how to brew do their thing. Well, we've seen the beer scene, too, just with it. I mean, you get a lot of people that just like, hey, I like craft beer. My family has money. We can open a brewery. And you get a lot of shit like that. And eventually, some of these breweries do get better because they'll hire because they have the money and they have the capital to pay, 
you know, to get a real brewer in from another brewery. Oh, 100%. But at the same time, you're also just diluting the product that you have because there's breweries that me and you both know that, I mean, there's local ones and stuff that me and you won't touch because we know how, what they've been. I don't care who you bring in. And I mean, it's I mean, not even just local. There's other ones too. Locally, locally, I'm not... I'm not going to discriminate against too many things. Um, I try to get out to every single local place as much as, as often as I can. Um, with you guys, like with you and Adam, like it's tough. And like if you're going to see it on the shelves and stuff, like I understand completely where you're going to be like, well, I'm going to stick with something that I know. Why am I going to go spend 16 yeah. bucks to get to roll the dice? But that's why I try to be your eyes and ears on these things, you know? Yeah. Because like I can be sixteen like, hey. bucks to you is a little bit easier, <laughs> you know. Like it's, but that's is it is what it is. I mean, and it's it's tough. I mean, because craft beer, man, craft beer is expensive. It's it's one of those things where people watch what they're spending their money on, and whether it's twenty five dollars for a four pack or twelve dollars for a fucking six pack. Yeah, yeah. What do you, you know? What do you? think we're going to see price-wise shoot up to this year i mean are we going to see 35 dollars four packs no you're i don't think you're ever going to see that i don't i disagree completely i think we're going to start seeing this year minimum 30 not minimum but we could see some 30 dollar um if you're okay if you're giving me like a 17 or a 14 or 15 percent barley wine barrel aged barley wine in a four pack i'll drop 30 dollars on that or some stouts Barley wine, certain stouts. It's got if, if you're throwing a stout, it's got to be barrel aged. You know, you got to give me some reason. the The ABV is gonna have to be higher. There's gonna have to be a reason that that thing is going to break thirty dollars. Twelve, fifteen percent, like. I I think you're going higher than that, dude. You can go and buy a twelve percent triple IPA or Imperial Stout for less than fifteen dollars. Why am I paying double that? Yeah. You know, like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think 25 is is that limit. I think it's a stupid amount to begin with. That's what, I'm, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's people are complaining about that already. So Do you remember gonna, when the, the um, Sierra Nevada barley wine would come out, Bigfoot, and it'd be like 15, 20 bucks, and you'd be like, holy fuck, and this is 10 years ago. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, like... The only way you're you're charging more than twenty five dollars is if you have one of the best barley wines that people were ever going to drink, and you're selling four packs of it. I get your point with it. I just I think some of these breweries are so arrogant though that they want to push it to what whatever they can to try to get that. The one thing is locally, I don't think we have people that are going to do that. Like froth charging twenty five dollars for their fruited sours is them looking at the market being like, well, Mortalis is charging the same price, so they're going to charge that. So before we uh, wrap this up, I just wanted to kind of say we have, dude, we have a lot of a lot of festivals coming up in the next month or so in this city. Um. Whether or not this episode actually gets released before it, you have the Buffalo on Tap at uh, the convention center. I think it's at the convention center um, next weekend, which is the basically it's the Try It Festival for winter, where it's like you know you get all your hey check the like you get all your local stuff, but then you get like oh check this. Uh, Hey, beer out drugs. from from Magic Hat, or check this beer out from you know Long Trail and everything else, and it's you it's mean a cool. Consumers Fest, yeah, like it is what it is. But that's happening on January 11th. On the 26th, you have the Brewers Invitational at New York Beer Project, which is uh, one of the better. One of the better beer festivals in this in this region because it's all local, it's all technically VIP, so everybody's getting kind of stuff like there's 
you know, pe- some of the breweries are bringing some stuff that they don't normally brew. So you're getting some one-offs that you, you'll probably, you may or may not see again. Or something that, like, is only brewery-only kind of thing. So it's a kind of cool event to go to. I would definitely recommend that one. Um, on February 1st, uh, 42 North is hosting the Barrel Aged Beer Music and Winter Festival, which that goes uh, from 2.30 to 7. Breweries are Elgash, Big Alice, KCBC, Gun Hill, Abandon, Zero Gravity, Collective Arts. Oh, shit. Abandoned? Abandoned. Yeah. Collective. Yeah, still got that fucking stout chilling downstairs. I drank the... The Serpent? Yeah. It was kind of... It was sour. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so, Abandoned, Zero Gravity, Collective Arts, Prison City, Thin Man, Big Ditch, Blackbird Cider... Swiftwater, Beer Tree, Flying Bison, and 42 North. So, it's a decent lineup. Yeah. And I'm assuming everything that's going to be on tap there is going to be barrel aged. Which, you know, sign me up for that, you know? Yeah, I, I really like Abandoned Brewery. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's funny that they're there because it's just, you know, like. We're in a brewery that's not far from my in-laws in the Finger Lakes, and it's an old barn. It's friggin' holes you can see through. Some of it has, like, some plexiglass up and shit, but, like, their beers are good. Their 60-cycle beers, awesome. Um, I haven't drank the Serpent yet. I remember I did a flight there the one time, and I was driving, so I didn't want to drink anything crazy, and I got, like, six sours or something like that. One of the biggest regrets I've ever went on on a flight. Because, like, I got, like, an IPA and then sours, and the whole time you're just like, oh. Heartburn City right there. Yeah, like, it was rough. Um, I had to drink a case of fucking pH water, and I still think it wouldn't have helped me. (laughs) On a... Continuing on with the festivals, on February 16th, we have the first annual... Well, I don't know if it's got to be annual or not. We have the first Collaboration Fest. Um, This is a festival being put on by the Buffalo Beer Geeks. And every beer that's going to be at this festival is is brewed in collaboration with beer geeks that have been assigned to the brewery. Um, I'm actually part of the pressure drop team. So I get to go, I get to go on the 19th and go hang out with Carl and brew some beer. Um, we're brewing a milkshake IPA. That's all I'm going to really say about it, but tickets go on sale on January 17th for this, but other breweries involved are 12 gates, 42 North beltline, big ditch, big inlet brickyard, Brightsmith, which will probably be the first brewery to open up uh, locally for 2020. That's what I mean, right? Yeah, over, over by cro- the one uh, park, over by like Creekview and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, Ellicottville, Eli Fish out of Batavia, Fifth Frame out of Rochester, Froth, Hamburg, in the mix, which is over in the old uh, Burt. Um, like, what is it? The old Burt Brewing or whatever it was out there? Where? In the mix. It's like out by... Uh, oh, what the hell was it? It's out like Wilson area, Burt, all that oh. kind of stuff. Yeah. So they're, they're new. In the mix actually does like alcoholic ice cream and stuff and then the beer that they they take the beer that they brew and then they put it in ice cream and then they serve it and stuff um lily bell meads is involved mortalis new york beer project old first ward pearl street pressure drop prison city prosper out in north tonawanda resurgence um nothing with uh woodcock brothers at all no woodcock isn't in this and they just opened that new location, what, last year too, right? Uh, about six months ago. Resurgence, Rising Storm, Rusty Nichols, Southern Tier, Thin Man, and West Shore. So there's about 20, 25, 27 breweries involved. 
Um, it's going to be an interesting fest. They got two sessions going on, 1130 to 3 and 4 to 730. So if, like, you're available in the morning or you're available at night, like, try to get out there. I'll be there for at least one of them. Who knows if I'll be there for two. Um, then after that is the last uh, festival that's going to be coming up within the next month. It's the Barley Wine Classic and Invitational at Community Beer Works. Um, they're getting barley wines from Big Ditch, Woodcock, Rickyard, New York Beer Project, Old First Ward, Community Beer Works, obviously, Mustache Brewing, Rushing Duck, Rare Form, Strong Rope, Bolton Landing, and C.H. Evans Brewing. Then also Cambridge, Firestone Walker, Sierra Nevada, and Hair of the Dog. So it's going to be all barley wine. It's also, they're going to have some chili there too. And, uh, oh shit, get ready for that diarrhea system. Oh, I'm fucking ready, man. Bolton Landing's gonna be there, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's. There's a lot of good stuff, man. So, even though it's wintertime, like, we're gonna be. Like, I know at least I'm, I'm already booked up now, you know? Yeah, I'm booked up as it is, but I mean, <laughs> My... I'm booked up for different reasons. Yeah, now my 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 January and February are already looking pretty uh pretty full of beer adventures. So uh keep listening. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. Thank you. The show you just listened to is part of the Hopped Up Network. The Hopped Up Network is a growing family of craft beer podcasts in the United States and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts.